Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 288 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, slurring the name of my own podcast, How Do You Write? And I am today talking with Sabrina Benayim and What a pleasure it was to talk to this incredible writer, this dynamic writer uh, who is a spoken word poet, which is something I basically worship. So um, I know that you are going to enjoy our conversation about boundaries and about truth telling and about uh, just your basic everyday writing bravery. So that is coming up. What is going on around here? I am in the new book, the new book that I call Seven Miracles at this point, although it has a longer title. And I'm loving it. I am continuing to honor this idea of joy and flow. Boy, would I always love to do this, but I am 100% prone to forgetting how to be joyful when I write and how to find ease and how to find play uh, for being a very nice person, nice to basically everyone except Nazis. Um, I am so mean to myself. I can be so cruel to myself and and so punitive. So the fact that uh, with Jason Poole and Mona McDermott, I have been teaching this 15-day frolic class, which has been incredible and so joyful. And there's such a sense of wonder in it. Um, and I am using everything that we are teaching and teaching each other in my own writing. And I am on a daily basis so far, remembering to chase the joy in this book, to chase what feels funny and delicious. And yesterday I was laughing at my book. I am a person who laughs all the time in real life, but when I'm reading or watching television, I almost never laugh out loud. It can be something that I think is the funniest thing I have ever seen ever. And I will not laugh out loud. It's just a, just a weird tick of mine. And yesterday I was chortling at this book that I'm writing chortling. It was, it was just so, so much fun. It was just so fun. I'm, I'm stuttering over it. So I'm thinking about that a lot as I sit down, as I write. It is at the forefront of my mind that I want this to be fun, that I want to have fun doing it. The truth is, is that, um, oh, you know what? Let me read you something that I wrote yesterday. Please allow me. This is a little exercise that I do in my classes sometimes. And basically it's three minutes, two minutes, if you want, of the advice you wish that uh, somebody had given you as a baby writer, as a brand new writer, or even better. One of my students said yesterday, and I thought this was genius. uh, She wrote basically what turned out to be a letter from her future self talking to the writer she is today. And I just thought that was beautiful. So whenever I assign these kind of things in class, I always do them. And this is what came out of my, out of my pen yesterday. What I wish somebody had told baby writer, Rachel, which what I wish I had told baby writer, Rachel, Uh, this is what it's very short. It will be harder than you think, but you can do it. Give yourself more real forgiveness. Give yourself more love, less time on social media, more cookies, and more fun. Chase the fun. 
When it disappears, lure it back, set irresistible traps for it, and make fun want to stay longer next time. And here's the sentence that I think is so important to me, and maybe it'll have some resonance with you. Writing might hurt, but it never has to punish you. Let it love you. Writing might hurt, but it never has to punish you. Um, I like to talk and think and try to chase joy and fun and play and ease in my writing. That said, there are just times when we have to write the hard stuff and writing is difficult. And sometimes there are, uh, there are times when just writing is hard, getting to the page is hard, getting the inspiration, figuring out what you're going to do next in a first draft, figuring out how to fix a revision, uh, a, a second draft, third draft. Those things are hard, but we don't have to add the pain of punishing ourselves for not doing it right. We're not doing it as fast as we thought we should, or we think we can. There is never a need to punish ourselves about what we are doing or not doing in writing, period. <laughs> Saying it because I forget it every 17 seconds. So I uh, just thought I would remind you of that. Yes, writing is hard. And yes, writing is joyful and it can be playful and fun and full of ease. And it never, ever, ever has to punish you ever. So if it is trying to, if your brain is trying to use writing as a punishment for yourself, tell that brain of yours, the beautiful, gorgeous, huge, creative brain of yours to knock it the F off because uh, we don't we don't need that around here. So on that note, uh, that's basically everything I've got for you. Let's jump into the interview with Sabrina. Please enjoy. Please find some ease and joy and play in your own writing. And please don't punish yourself for any of this. You are amazing. Uh, keep it up. Happy writing. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my stop stalling and write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Okay, well, I could not be more pleased to welcome to the show today, Sabrina Bename. Hello, Sabrina. Hello. I am thrilled to talk to you. I am a big fan of your work, your poetry. And um, let me give you a little introduction before we get started, but I'm going to nag you into reading us a poem and then talking about writing today. Uh, Sabrina Bename is a poet, storyteller, and workshop facilitator. She is one of the most viewed spoken word poets of all time truly how I came to know you. Uh, her videos have reached more than 100 million people, including me. In 2017, her debut collection, Depression and Other Magic Tricks, was a Goodreads Choice Awards finalist, finishing just behind Rupi Kaur's The Sun and Her Flowers. In 2020, she took part in the Heavy Hitters Festival alongside Anna DeFranco, Amber Tamblin, and Mary Lambert. Wow. She lives in Toronto, Canada. And um, for some reason, it's not in your bio from your publicist, and I've just lost the name of the new book. What is the name of the new book? I love you. Call me back. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. Perfect. I love you. Call me back is the new book that is out now. And Sabrina, would you mind reading us a poem of your choice? I would love to. I'm going to read the first poem in the collection. Okay. It's called June 30th. I dress in the dark. It does not matter if I forget my necklace or earrings. Keep forgetting which day of the week it is, but remember to eat breakfast. Swallow the good white bullet that poisons the place where the lonely breeds. I am dancing again in the kitchen, spicing sliced pears. I am baking again in the restful yawn of morning. 
Each afternoon, I go for a walk through the cemetery, place pennies on the speller graves, sit in the grass cross-legged with the flowers and write a new religion where we pray only with and never to, read poems aloud and remember my favorite lines onto postcards I will procrastinate sending to the people I love. I live alone, eight states and a border away from home. My cups are clean and upside down in the cupboard. I watercolor peonies instead of picking new wounds. When my tiny talk machine chirps, I do not always check it. I do not wish to see a ghost. I do not wish a summons. I allow myself to go entire days without speaking to anyone except my mother. I swallow two bullets blue each night for the ever grief, sleep. I have not used the word depressed to describe myself outside of a poem in months, but I am drinking Diet Pepsi again. The thing is, my head is a bright place I would not hesitate to invite you into. I've painted all the furniture marigold sunrise. Today at 7-Eleven, I asked for a lighter. And do you know what color the cashier gave me? Yes. Keep me in this canary dream where I sugar scrub my lips soft as feathers and pretend to kiss. I confess, sometimes I cry when I look in a mirror but I tell myself it is the mirror who is crying with jealousy. And on generous days, I tell myself I am sweet enough to spread on toast and call dessert. Then I giggle. I am not afraid to feel silly. I am not afraid to feel anymore. You know, I wish I wasn't so sad. I have been in such a good mood. Want to know a secret? I think being in love is just a better kind of lonely. Oh, wow. Just wow. You are one of my favorite poets to talk about emotions, feelings, depression. Um, you you go so deeply into it and and take us with you in such a generous, um, generous and open way. So my listeners have heard me say this before because I love having poets on the show because I never I never thought I could be a poet and my poet dream was kind of crushed in my MFA and and I and I have been you know stuck with novels ever since um, but in the last year and a half or so I took a poetry class from a very generous poet and it opened it up again and I am able to write poetry um, and be proud of it and 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 have fun with it I would love to know how you came to poetry where how, where did you arrive from. Um, I came to it like in a lot of ways. I think first and foremost, I came to poetry in like school when we learned through poetry units. And really, it wasn't until high school when I started to pay more attention. So like I really liked Walt Whitman in high school. I really loved Anne Sexton. Like I read a lot of that kind of stuff in high school. But it was also this mix of like emo song lyrics that really got me. You know, like you would have true poetry. Yes. That is a metaphor I could work with. (laughs) Like I can get down with that. So it was and then it was also this mix of like this fun language that I thought I was making up. You know what I mean? Like and I'm writing in my in my diary or my journal or notebook, whatever you want to call it, um, the vault, you know, and you're writing and you just are, are having fun and it feels like you're talking to yourself. So you get to use any kind of language you want because you understand yourself. So poetry, yeah, it, it started in an amalgamation of sorts of all these things. 
I, I love that. Yeah. Poetry pleases me when I write it and not to share with anybody else, but um, when I write it, it pleases me, it pleases me in a way that um, my nonfiction writing and my fiction just kind of can't. It is, it is, it just feels so good to put two words, two disparate words together that nobody else would have put together. And it makes me so happy to see them there. It, it tickles you. Exactly. Yeah. Like it just, it does something. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the best is when you do share it and somebody else gets tickled, you know, that's a freaking amazing. And honestly, even when you don't share it, it yeah. you get to kind of have this secret with yourself where you're like, oh, I have this really good thing that one day or one moment it's going to come out and it's going to be awesome. Uh, I, uh, so we moved to New Zealand recently and um, I went out the other night and I looked up in the sky just this one area of the sky that I could see out the trees from this window and Orion was there, but he was upside down. And like, you don't even understand what Orion is going to look like upside down. Like, well, I recognize you recognize him. And I, and I will just share this one line that I wrote in a poem um, that I, I, I said something about Orion with his skirt over his head. I, I didn't know, wait, I didn't know he'd gone back to drinking or something like that. And it was just, it was just such a funny line that I'm never going to share with anybody except everybody on the podcast right now. But, but um, yeah, it just feels so good. And so um, how I want to get into your process and how, how you do it. Um, but what does it feel like to be a poet, to be known as a poet? It's incredible. Like I used to say, <laughs> I used to like joke. I was a poet in high school, you know, like I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm a yeah. poet, like for sure. And I wouldn't, <laughs> ever claim that to anyone but like inside you know I'd be like yes I'm so tortured and I must be a poet and, and so it's pretty cool um but it's also very funny when you tell people you're a poet their reaction is like for real like yeah. you get paid you make money <laughs> and you're like yes it's my job I know like I get that for saying I'm a novelist I can't even imagine what people say to poets like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's pure disbelief that's so um, cool yeah. So tell us, fun. tell us what the process is like for you to amass an amount of poems that will go into a collection. Then, are you working every day? Are you doing it when the muse strikes you? Do you have a system? Oh, I I'm working every day at all hours. Like I'm really bad at separating my brain to like work hours. Um, but just because I think you have to just observe all the time. If you're going to be a writer, I think you have to be paying attention to everything in a way that is engaging to you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you have to, yeah. it's almost like a game you play with yourself with like, what can I find interesting about this? And so for me, I just carry my notebook around with me everywhere I go. And I tend to like store things or keep them in my notes on my phone and then write them later. But I do keep a kind of office hours. So I try to sit for at least, you know, four to five hours every day. And just kind of, if I'm not writing, I'm at least editing yeah. or working on working on some kind of exercise that's like a generation, a generating exercise to kind of have images or metaphors or something to work with. Where do you get those generating exercises? Do you make them up for yourself? I actually, yeah, I like to make them up. I actually mm -hmm. tend to like just play around with different kinds of words. So some days I'll play with adjectives and nouns. Some days I'll play with verbs and nouns and change them and just kind of see I, I have a running um, kind of exercise that I have called the 100 that I've made up which I just like keep a list one to 100 in my notebook and slowly fill it out with images 
as I kind of go through the days. And so Mm. if if I do a a fun word exercise and I get a cool image, I'll throw it in the 100. And when I, when I'm writing or editing and I need to go and find something or grab something, it's a really great sandbox. um, That is so cool. You're, You're creating your own perfect sandbox. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How do you know, this is just a selfish question on my part. How do you know when a poem is done? (laughs) I used to have this joke, like you write it a letter and then you put it under your pillow and then then you wait in the morning and hope it responds to you and it tells you, no, the poem is never (laughs) done. You just kind of like decide it is. You just decide it's where it's going to be. And I think for me, the fun thing about getting to perform my poems, like being able to perform after they're in the written form is that I get to play with them and they kind of take on a life of their own. So some shows, they come out a little bit different and that's okay because that's what the poem was that day. What was it like during, well, is it like still during coronavirus? Like how has that affected your relationship to poetry when you were not able to perform it in front of live audiences for so long? It's really challenging um, to not perform. I, I yeah. miss that engagement with the, I miss feeling how the room feels yeah. and kind of tapping into that together and going on that journey together. I really miss that. And I think it does so much for the poems because they get to take on this life. I'd imagine it's similar to a musician who sings a song, like it becomes part of everyone else's lives as much as it is yours or even maybe more. And so it, it just like feels so invigorating to do live shows and then you get to take that home and put that into your writing um, that energy and so not having a live show in the past two years or year and a half has been really hard um, because you you can try online to replicate it but it's it's just not the same I noticed I I have had many poets on the show and I noticed that you were like you were able to look up at me and you were responding to me even when I, it's just on zoom, you know, that I've, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that before. So you're this, this is coming from that performance aspect that you've had. How, um, how does, how have you, have you done any big shows like on zoom? I have done some zoom shows. I've done some performances. It's, it's definitely still fun. It's a different vibe because you can't hear the reaction. You can't hear you can't, anything. Yeah. <laughs> you have to just hope everyone likes it and like scan the, the screen or and the then accidentally look at the one guy who's yawning <laughs> and then your heart falls. And yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's a little more intimate in a way because you can see yeah. everyone so clearly. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. It's a, it's a whole different experience to be, to be in your own living room and do a show is also its own special gift, you know, no pants, man. That's all. That's, yeah. all, that's what that's about. <laughs> what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? My biggest challenge is boundaries. I have such a hard time with boundaries. Like I want to tell the absolute truth all of the time. And I see nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Right. That, that can be a good thing for me um, because it ultimately taps into like the truth of what I'm trying to say, but it can also cause problems in my personal life. So I do have to kind of always, I tend to always write the whole truth and then edit back Um, because before I used to like, I would have such a hard time because I would struggle to not say the thing I was trying not to say. And so I wouldn't say anything. 
And so now I know you have to just tell the whole truth to the page and then edit it back after. I think that's a huge, I'm going to ask you about a craft tip in a minute, but that's a huge craft tip right there is I always put it, I believe always put it on the page and allow yeah. yourself to pull, pull back later rather than you said it so beautifully, you know, silencing yourself. What is uh, your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Oh, my biggest joy is that moment you think you're a genius because you've just come <laughs> up with like the most beautiful image or such a metaphor. And like, maybe nobody will ever notice that metaphor, but you are so yeah. proud of it. It's like that little blip where you just like forget, I don't know, you forget who you are and you're just like, oh yes, I did it. I'm amazing. Like you, you can't, it feels like a roller coaster moment where you're just like hands up in the air. And yes. I, that's my favorite thing about writing is those little tiny moments where you're just like so proud of yourself. I don't know. It's totally a roller coaster moment. It's like your stomach loses it's up in the air, but you also like built the friggin' roller coaster (laughs) and like you're filling the roller coaster with all your friends. Yeah. It's that's like the best feeling ever. Thank you. No one has ever said anything like that before. Can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? I will. Uh, my favorite craft tip is I, I heard it in a workshop. I can't remember the, like which workshop it was now, but I always remember this tip. It was to do all kinds of writing exercises that are outside of your comfort zone. So like if you're a fiction writer, do poetry exercises. If you're a poet, do like point of view exercises where you just rewrite the same paragraph from different points of view and things like that. Because if you're constantly stretching your elastic in the same way, um, it can hold a bunch, but it's only going in one direction where if you're stretching it in every direction, it can just like overall hold more. And I really I like that, that as like your writing as your craft is just like holding more tools is always better. So I yeah. totally love that. And that goes along with my starting to write poetry again too and playing with that. Like I feel it's made me a better fiction writer. Yeah. Um, and and so I read a lot of like craft kind of books that are not meant for poets that are more meant toward fiction or nonfiction writing um, that I tend to do exercises from as well. Do you have a favorite craft book about, about poetry? Ooh, about poetry. Or for poetry or around poetry. I, I really loved, oh my gosh, there's so many good ones. I really loved writing down the bones. Oh, Natalie Goldberg. Yeah, Natalie Goldberg. It's like a Zen writing practice, but I, I really loved it for my poetry practice. I, I feel like that was really effective, that book. I literally don't think I've read that since like 1995. So perhaps it is time for a revisit of that because she's been around a long time for a reason because she is good at what she does. Exactly. And I just finished Bird by Bird actually not too long ago, which is a great, a great craft book as well. I love that one. She was on a podcast recently with Tim Ferriss and it was a very good episode. Very good episode. Um, Okay. What, What thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way? Music. Definitely music. Uh, Music is like, so I grew up dancing actually competitively, like I did ballet and jazz and tap and all that stuff. And I think that my original form of poetry was dance. And so like, like ultimately I, I like expressed myself through my body for all these years before I ever started writing and taking it seriously. And so I think I take that musicality sense into like the cadence of how I hear poetry and the rhythm I write in. And so I really think the music I listen to, even while I'm writing, has such an effect on just like the flow of what of what the poem sounds like. That's 
gorgeous that that poetry is a form of dance for you and vice versa. What kind of music do you listen to when you're writing? It is so dependent. Um, like when I was writing, I love you, call me back the, the bulk of it. Yeah. I was listening to like a lot of rap and R&B and just like kind of like upbeat stuff, even I guess because what I was writing was so sad <laughs> or just felt really sad to go through grief. Yeah. And I needed something to like keep me up in that feeling. So yeah, it depends. Like I, I really fluctuate. Some days it's Frank Sinatra. Some days it's Jimi Hendrix, you know, like it, it totally depends. But with words, you've got words in there. Yeah. Words. I like words in music. <sighs> that's, that's impressive. Um, what is the best book you've read recently and why did you love it? So I actually just reread this book because I loved it so much. So I thought Ooh. it would be the perfect, the perfect book to talk about. Um, it's a poetry collection called Even the Saints Audition by a I poet named Rach Jackson. And it's just like an incredible book collection of content and form. Like mm. the form of the poems is so interesting. It's so thought provoking, but then the content matches it 10 out of 10. And so I read it because I was teaching a workshop on it. And so I read it to pull poems for the workshop and then I loved it so much. I've had it out on my to read again pile. <laughs> so I recently did it and it's, yeah, it's so great. Your TRA pile. Also, it's a gorgeous cover. Holy crap. Oh, beautiful. And it deals with that. like religion and growing up. It's so beautiful. I want to say I recognize the artist of that too. Um, Rage Jackson has a bunch of poems up on button poetry. Um, okay. Maybe that's where I've through button poetry. So that's a okay. great way to check them out as well. Now, please tell us about your new book. My new book. Ooh, where did I just put it? I love you, Call <laughs> yes, Me Back. Please. Also a great um, cover. A stunning cover. I'm obsessed with the yellow and the blue. I, I, <laughs> The color yellow came up so much for me while writing this. I do. I buy flowers. I do this thing. I buy flowers every Monday. And usually I buy yellow flowers. At least while I was writing this, I bought yellow flowers. Now I kind of, it's seasonal. <laughs> so I can't find yeah. yellow as often. Yeah. But yeah, this collection, it's uh, it's set as a narrative. So it starts at the end of June and goes throughout the whole month of July. And it really discusses a couple themes. It discusses mental illness in that I have it. And so I have to write about it. And I talk a lot about navigating through that. Um, I like to think if depression and other magic tricks was like the diagnosis book, this is like the, I go to therapy and take medication now book um, on mental illness. So it's like, I'm navigating it while being a little more aware of it, but also I deal with um, navigating a diagnosis. My mom gets an aortic aneurysm, which is pretty serious. Holy crap. Yeah, that is bad. Yeah, It's pretty serious. And, um, and then also a breakup that goes. (sighs) that happens. So it just handles a lot of grief. <laughs> uh, but I think it's grief, but we were all grieving in, in yeah. pandemic. Yeah. And I think for different reasons, and we all had our own reasons. And I think that this book ultimately looks at loneliness and how we get through that um, without feeling so alone through it. That's absolutely gorgeous, Sabrina. And I love that the yellow came up on the cover. Did you have any hand in that? Or was that something the designer showed you and you're like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) When I saw it, I was like, that's the one, that's the one. (laughs) Nobody say anything else. (laughs) Let's not look back. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. It is an absolute joy to talk to you. Where can we find you online? You can find me at badass underscore sab on Instagram and Twitter. And then Sabrina, my name everywhere else.
Thank you so much for being here. You are inspiring. And now I think I'm just going to go maybe, I'm not going to say I'm going to write a poem, but I'm going to put some words together and that are, oh, that are vaguely like that. poetry shaped. Curate so. some ideas. <laughs> no, no, no stress. Maybe make a list. Exactly. Make a list that I have a sandbox I can go play in. Thank you, Sabrina. Happy no writing to you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.